Welcome to Naming, Naming it, it, where we discuss pop culture, current events, and how they relate to the way that we live our lives, all through the lens of two black psychologists. Naming it is dedicated to acknowledging the elephant in the room, validating the lived experience of people of color. Coming to you from the Bay Area, California, we thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Bedford Palmer. And I'm Dr. Lamisha Hill. Music on Naming It is provided by Lee England Jr., the soul violinist. Good morning, evening, afternoon. Yeah. Welcome to Naming It. Welcome to Naming It, y'all. Episode number 20. That's two two X's, yo. Season Roman numerals. finale. Yo. Sem- 20. Semester finale. One year before you can get alcohol as a, as a kid or as a young adult, right? If you want to call it that. 20. It's a good year. It's an in-between year. 20 is a nice even number. Multiple of five and multiple. four. And two. And ten. Mm-hmm. And... You know I like multiples of one? five. Is that? No. One doesn't have multiple. Uh, we need our math friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, hey, y'all. Put your pinky fingers in the air. We are going to have some yeah. special video content yeah. of Bedford jamming Bedford, out. No, you, that's about LaMisha <laughs> pushing and pushing until we did, because, look, Bruno Mars, I'm feeling it right now. That's what's up. I, I watched that, uh, what was it, Carpool. Karaoke. Uh, karaoke, and he was jamming out with old boy. I was like, yo, that's that's some good stuff right there. Me and Janae were uh, So we were should meme your your face on t- in like in the in the back seat. Like See, why you gotta take it so far? Being there with them? You don't see, I would have to do it though. Yeah, because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Although I can figure it out. If I I have some time over the holidays. If you can do that, then more power to you. Like real <laughs> and, talk. And like just a little cut out of your head, just bobbing back and forth. Hey, just make sure it's a good photo. <laughs> It'll be your avatar. Yeah. Yep. So this week, uh, in this episode, I'm just going to let you in on something. We're not trying to bite off of other people, but since it's our 20th episode and it's something to celebrate, me and Lamisha put a toast up, a little bit of scotch. Put that up there real quick. There's no ice because we don't have ice, but that's plastic cups and scotch. There you go. All right. Could we be a little bit more classy? We Do you could, want to tell him something about anything. the scotch and the smoke? I and... could be anything I want to be. That's what that's what somebody said when I was a kid. Nas said that. Nas, I'm sure he wasn't the first person to say that. <laughs> And he didn't say it when I was a kid. So, um... I know I can. He probably heard it from the same person. Be what I want to be. If I work hard enough, I'll be where I want to be. Something like that, right? Yeah, but, you know, apparently you can't be president, though. uh, Because, you know, you're not rich and orange and hairless and... Let's, can small we, handed. Can we start out the way that, you know, with the with the pro, with the episode it, flow? It, you know, it's just you know, we episode twenty. Get there. Episode twenty is just like you know, it, it's it's kind of like two thousand sixteen. A lot of a lot of positivity, a lot of optimism, and still some kind of sour, nasty stuff going to happen too. So get ready, y'all, because this is our last episode of the year. We are really excited about that, and we're going to kick off the episode number 20. Number 20, y'all. With our shout-outs. Shout-outs, yes. So, first and foremost, uh, well, I don't know, for, yeah, foremost, yeah, y'all, foremost. Uh, you know, you use language sometimes, and you're like, are you? is that the right language for something? Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, the first thing we're about to do here is shout-out the guests that we've had for this season, because they've been awesome. And they've been uh, so helpful, and those are our like those are my favorite episodes. Um, so first off, Dr. Candice Nicole, um, thank you for coming in talking about like you know uh, cultural trauma. Uh, Dr. Conjit Page, thank yep, you yep. for coming in and talking about sex and sexuality. And our most recent guest. Dr. Diana Pena, my Amiga favorita. Diana's been my my best friend from the world of Oregon and in my graduate school life for the past 10 years. My homie for a decade. Uh, we've been through some things, blood, sweat, 
tiers, and degrees. <laughs> and future Dr. Herman Cadenas, uh, they both joined us on episode number 19 to talk about the impact of post-election on our, our immigrant communities. Yes, yes. Thank you both. Thank you all. Um, we've had a lot of fun with folks, right? We had yeah. a lot of fun with guests and having people in. And I'm sure in our next season slash semester, semester yeah. we got to figure out what we're going to call it. Yeah, I mean, like, so, so, uh, you're you're bringing up just a little bit about how we might format next next year, next semester in the in the spring term. Um, you know, we we, we I like it. Let's yeah, roll with it. I'm saying we we're Let's true to our roots, right? Yeah. So we're both uh both products of academia. We both work in academia. We both live in that space. So why not why not own it, right? Name it. Name it. So. Uh, I think that we're going to start talking about terms and, and semesters instead of seasons. But, you know, think of it interchangeably. Yeah. Um, and, and let's keep it real. Like, we're not sitting here saying we're going to sit here and try to teach y'all stuff all, every episode or anything like that. It's just the idea that maybe this is a, a cool, like, learning endeavor for everyone. And we can be real furry and, 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 and just, like, everyone come together and we can we can make something new from this. Wait, you just dropped a reference. You might have to cite that. Oh, you know, Paul, Paulo Freire? Yeah, so what uh, does it mean to be Freudian? Did I say it wrong? You just added like a double R in there. Is there an A in there? I don't think that's how That's how I would pronounce it. It's hard to say. Well, not if you speak Spanish. I suppose that's right. But I apparently am saying it wrong. No, I don't. I think you said it is fine. So I'm talking about Pedagogy of the Press, the author of the Pedagogy of the Press, and like it talks about this idea of how you should approach learning. How and pedagogy is another big, you know, whatever word. It basically means what your approach to teaching, right? So most of us we've learned that we should sit and listen to a professor or a teacher and they're gonna tell us what we need to know and then we need to repeat it. Uh, in order to approach um, learning from a non conformist, a critical um, space, you have to accept that people come in with a certain amount of knowledge and that everyone in the space needs to learn. So as a professor, uh, one of my influences is, is, is Freire in terms of like trying to position myself where I can be open to student learning and student, or excuse me, student, uh, student collaboration, I guess is the Mm -hmm. best way of putting it. So like, not just giving them and putting information in their head, but asking them to like help everyone to mm-hmm. to open our minds and, and be open to new things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we end this together, y'all. Don't think of it as one directional. That's why we're always asking you for your insights, for your questions, uh, because we want this to be a collaborative endeavor between our listeners, our namers, and you know we're just here to give things a platform. So yeah, join so, us, join us in that in the new year. Yeah, please do, and. Um, We'll, uh, we'll 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 figure out ways to kind of get your voices in here. So we're 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 working on that, and we're gonna we're gonna do that. Hey, this is Bedford. Um, we didn't have this ready for the taping, but we're just gonna add this in. So we do have a voicemail now. Um, you can just leave us a message at six zero seven eight six two. 6348 and that's uh 607 you name it um you can also leave us a voice memo on our email naming it podcast at gmail.com and uh we can try to fit in whatever you're you're bringing up onto the show so yeah back to the show mm-hmm. um so other shout outs um, I got to shout out my Sagittarians and my Capricorns. What you know about a Capricorn? I am a Capricorn, homie. I'm seagull all day. Bad, bad. I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Ooh, that's, that's what a seagull, a... maybe a seagull sounds like bad girl, girl. Oh, <laughs> 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 like, uh, no, I'm, I'm, my birthday's coming up, but I also, when's your birthday? Count, I don't even know that it's just coming up. Okay, is it coming up in the new year? Or more? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a near Christmas baby. Okay, because uh, yeah. you know I'm a Capricorn too. Yeah. No, you didn't know that. I didn't know that. You, you didn't, didn't know that. You didn't know that. That's, that's your what, fault. You didn't tell me your what, birthday, yo. That's you can't, I don't feel guilty. I feel no guilt. There's been no birthday announcements. 
There's been no like, hey, that's what I'm trying thing. to figure out. What you know about a Capricorn? So what's your birthday? I mean, a roundabout. It's in January. Okay, so you're a January cap. I am. I'm, I'm a December cap. We're a little different. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're more. You're closer to Aquarius. You're more watery. I'm more close to Sagittarius. I don't know what that fiery. means. I don't know. I'm just saying. You know, I, I had a My friend who's Sagittarius, and her birthday was recently, and we threw a whole big party and uh, happy birthday, baby. Even though it's like late, but like you know, happy birthday. Yeah, I threw that in there too. That's cool. Happy yeah. birthday, Janae. Yeah. And who else do we want to shout out? I think we have one more uh, supporter, uh, longtime uh, friend of naming it, Doctor Scott Schoenfeld. Altman, he is. Uh, I mean, this 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 guy, this brother, he uh, he's got he's got our back real good, and he uh, he's been real supportive. And uh, as an organization, as a as a group, as two two homies, we just want to say uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Much yeah. appreciated. Yes, thank uh, you for all the support. Yes, yes. Um, so uh, we're moving to check-ins. Check-ins. That's not gonna stick. I'm sorry. You can you gotta do better than that. You gotta come up with something better than that. Cheaty, cheaty, check yourself. Yeah. See, see, that's what oh, I'm talking see, that's about. That's what you like. That's what I'm uh, talking I about. Know, like you need to know. come harder with stuff. So, you just like little, little. I like little. that Bedford. I think you know. I forget that. Like you. Yeah, I forget that. That's your. That's your lane. I forget. I, lane? I forget what. what I forget what, what, what you know. What really pumps you up sometimes. So. If I would have thought about it before and put a little thought into the things that, you know. I mean, but like, I don't know if that's a lame thing. You, I think you it is a lame kind thing. kind of like elevator. Yeah. Kind of just slow talk thing versus like, check yourself. That's dope. I like that. We can call check in, check yourself from now on. All right, check yourself. Nah, that's not the same. Check yourself. Or oh, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll Chickity check. Chickity check. Could you could check yourself for you. Okay, that's don't go down that road. Well, um, so I'm bad for your health. Come anyway. Wow. Um, okay, we're gonna get into it. Okay, so to save y'all listeners, well, you you want us to know what's going off with us, and so my check in is that I'm going to see the Lion King tonight. <laughs> you you trying to song? jump into the in the jungle? It's yeah, not, but it's not really. It's like a. Oh is man, it, it's it's like a side song there? that cameos within the Lion King. But it, anyway, okay. and I'm also going to Mississippi for the holidays. Shout out to my family in the South. I roll down there every year, and ironically, uh, for my entire life, um, my grandmother, for I would say ninety percent of all the Christmases, hosts the, the family Christmas party. Which, as I have gotten older. Um, and now I probably have an appreciation for things that I didn't appreciate when I was younger, the amount of cooking and the amount of work that it goes into hosting such a large event. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really just turns into me, my mother, and my sister making about two to three epic trips to the grocery store, going to the specialty butcher. My mother totes booze in her suitcase from Costco all nice. the way to the south. Nice. My sister buys additional beverages from the store and we proceed to cook for two days, clean for two days, and I serve food all night long. That sounds and that is our holiday party. Dope. So, it's fun. It's just a lot of work. So weird question. Yeah. How's your sister's feet? What are you talking about? That's so random. Don't even go there. You know what? I got her some new shoes for Christmas. She's going to be just fine. They're, they're actually called soft walk. I never heard any They are called on, soft on, walk. Because you know, I, I, I talked to her and she didn't say nothing back. I exactly. was trying to tell her. Maybe she, exactly? Because maybe she ain't got nothing to say. Wow. Oh, that sounds like a challenge to me. <laughs> apparently, apparently, apparently you trying to tell. Tosh, you can tell him something. Tell him, tell him to back up. Wow. I think Tasha just speak her mind, whatever she thinks. I don't think you should be bullied by your little sister. Are you going to chickity check in? <laughs> yeah, I am. I got to go and do something fun. Uh, I haven't been to the movies in a really long time. Uh, and so I missed a lot of stuff. I didn't get to see Suicide Squad or any of that stuff. Like, I didn't see a lot of stuff. So I got to see Doctor Strange in 3D with my friend, uh, one of my good friends who was also part of the whole Brisa crew, Angel. Man, we got to go watch the movie together. That was awesome. Oh, I met uh, Angel. Hey, Angel. Yeah. Uh, so we in 
old school roommate. We've been, you know, like this is my boy from back in the day. So we've been sci-fi. We used to, we sat in line to watch the original uh, Star Wars when they did them remastered way back in the day and like uh, at the big Newport. So anyway, um, we saw Doctor Strange. It was good. And people have been like giving weird reviews, I think. But it's been, it was really a good Marvel movie. Uh, so I, I highly suggest, uh, recommend if you if you can still catch it in 3D, go do that. It's It was awesome. Um, I, right prior to this episode, <laughs> finished grading. So my semester is done. It is over. The, the 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 fall has fallen and the winter has come and I won't see nobody as a teacher until well I guess I have, um, I'll be doing a couple of class uh like guest lectures but like generally I ain't gonna see nobody till February and I'm okay with that yo I'm okay with that mm. it's gonna be nice I get to work on some writing so for the for Bedford students that might be checking in uh, please don't take that as he doesn't love y'all. They know. They good. They know I love them. And they don't want to see me either. They they, 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 have, they have and they, they break. They have, have things to do, sleeping yeah, in and stuff. They have and they break unless they took Jan term. You know, it's all good. All you know, right. Nobody, dang, why you got to try to dog my students out? I'm just, I'm just throwing them some love. I'm just letting them know that, you know, that they, I will are, see that y'all, they are still loved. I will see y'all in the spring if you enroll in my classes. Wonderful. Yes. So that takes us to? Your check-in. I you already get that. In. Lion King, okay. And, oh, it's almost Christmas. I love Christmas. Christmas is my favorite holiday. I am a Christmassy person. Oh, are you? Oh, 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 yes. I, um, I, I, the one thing about living in a, in a condo community is that you, it's very hard to, like, decorate that exterior of a condo mm-hmm. in the same way you could do a house. It's the one thing that I'm like, oh, man, if I could just have a ladder and just be like, I can put a hole wherever I want to put a hole in the exterior. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, we used to have my dad um, and I, we would put up decorations in competition with the rest of the street. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about by the end of the, by the, by, by the, the pinnacle, we had, like, we had, like, lights cascading across parking, across the, the, the driveway to the, the, to the street, like, with music playing, and, like, it was, like... We had like synchronized music to like blinking. I'm talking about yeah. Wow. I love. Wow. I do the Christmas tree every year, and you know it's. I, I love Christmas. It's my favorite time. You also host a pretty fun party too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I do. Don't be talking about my business out on the street. You know, not everybody got invited. Dude. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I mean you know we do uh, we do uh, mold wine. That's my thing. That's your thing. Yeah, I like doing the mold wine. We've been doing this for a few years now, and. Uh, we, you know, we started it since we moved into the to the house, that, the place that we bought, and um, it's been fun. It's it's fun to have like kind of a, a nice time with with friends and family and 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 new family and non non bio family, you know. Mm-hmm. But it feels like family. We have kids there and everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good it's a good time. Wonderful. So, well, New Year's is actually my favorite holiday. Mm. New Year's Eve is my absolute favorite holiday. I don't care where I am. I'm going to have a good time. If it's in front of the TV, at home with a little champagne and the dog, or if I'm out with the homies and the girls, or if I'm in a fun city, I don't care. I do not care. I will always have a good time on New Year's. Nothing will mess up my my, new, my good time. New Year's is fun. It can be fun. It can be real. It can be fun or it can be disappointing. It's nicer it is definitely nicer now that there's no expectation of going and doing like big party thing on New Year's. Like we we go out, we mm-hmm. have fun. If we do go out or we can stay in, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. we're together. There ain't no thing about renewal where you got to find somebody. You know. I mean, oh yeah, I ain't worried about nobody else. I just, New Year's is all about me. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Talking about you know. So what's going on? Uh, what's going on? Uh, let's see. I gotta play the thing. So go ahead, y'all do that. What's going on? <laughs> Hey, no, no. What's going on? <laughs> you just clip that and use that for the rest of the time. You <laughs> so, what's going on? Something. Uh, so we start light, and it's gonna get real heavy real quick. So, um, Star Trek Discovery. What's that? <laughs> it's a new TV series, or excuse me, it's gonna be a new online series on CBS's streaming platform. Everybody um, trying to get into that online game, huh? Hey, we're on that online game. 
Right? True. Hey, you know, talking smack about us. Right? I'm just saying, like, you know, everyone's trying to get into, like, the curated content. Yeah. I, I, well, I, they're bringing Star Trek back, you know, like, in, term, in terms of a serialized mm-hmm. kind of episodic piece. And um, it's going to focus one of the, the lead characters, maybe the lead captain eventually. Um, they're breaking ground because uh, they've had uh, they've had a bunch of white captains, white male captains. They've had a white woman captain and they've had a black captain who, in a weird way, Trekkies have been real hella racist about because like, mm. they like don't include him all the time. Mm. You know, um, Avery, uh, Avery Brooks. Um, Your name sounds super familiar. Oh, he's he's. For, 10 years, 12 years a slave, the original one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the Captain Cisco, best captain. Um, everyone wants to think that, you know, they go with Kirk and Patrick Stewart or, uh-huh. or William Shatner, Pat, Patrick Stewart. But, like, for me, it was it was Avery. Um, because, he, I mean, he was Kirkish, but he was cooler, you mm-hmm. know? He punched Q. Anyway, everyone who knows Star Trek knows what I'm talking about. Um, but here's the thing. Black woman, um, a star, one of the the co-stars from uh, the Walking Dead series that's out right now, um, Sonequa Martin Green. Uh, she's she plays Sasha on the Walking Dead, and she's going to be a lieutenant commander who may apparently maybe become uh, a captain. Uh, and wonderful, and so it's a big deal. So I think that that's pretty cool. Well, that's shout a, out, yeah, like she should come on the show. That'd be dope. That would be dope. She's awesome. Wonderful. Um, I love her work on 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 Walking Dead too, but you know maybe that's something that we could, uh, you know that'd be cool. Hey, just by the way, Dap from Really Dope Podcast, y'all be doing reviews and stuff. Why didn't you ever call me to do some like sci-fi reviews? I'm down. Bedford would like a platform to talk about his love of sci-fi, so the Misha could stop rolling her eyes. You be rolling your eyes, but then you be jumping on the on board too. I mean, I mean yeah, it's exciting you, stuff when I learn about it, but really, I'm you know you not going to go run home and turn it on. You should. Well, you don't have a TV. Exactly. <laughs> we haven't talked about the TV in a long time. <laughs> I miss the TV talk. Maybe I'll take yours for Christmas. You can't have them. Oh, hell no. <laughs> well, I still, you can't yeah. even come to the house saying stuff like oh. that. Am I, oh, am I going to get to play the video game? Not at the... In, come early. Okay. Come early. Um, All right, we'll test it out. I'm going to yeah. test this out. <laughs> you don't have a panic attack. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I say that, people think, but like, if you... We're talking about the Mafia, games, Mafia yeah, 3, not 3-6 Mafia, but Mafia 3. Why would they think it was 3-6 Mafia? Because if you can't hear Mafia and the number 3 and not think of 3-6 Mafia. I, I, I never made the connection. Oh, come on. I could not be the only one. Name one of their songs. They did the Hustle and Flow song. They won a Grammy for it. The Hustle and Flow song? Which one was that? I think we're going down the road. Maybe no, we should like I... come back. It's cool. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's gonna I... take me a while to, yeah, to yeah, get that yeah, neuron yeah. to fire. Yeah, yeah. Down yeah, towards yeah. Three Six Mafia tip, and Hustle tip and tongue, Flow, but, but that's yeah. I can. What I, I no I really because I, I don't I can't uh, I can't identify for some reason. But anyway. Don't sorry, three six mafia. It's because I um, look. My outlook calendar just went off, and it reminded me that I have to go to the Lion King. You know, you need to like chill out with the Lion King (laughs) stuff. We are here. We you need to give your attention to the people who are listening to us on the podcast, yo. Okay. So in other news, may circle of life. It does move my soul. It does move your soul. While we won't get a press conference or any, I would say, helpful words from a president-elect. Oh, Lord. Why? why? We were in a good space. Well, I, we got to move. We got to keep moving uh, through the content. Uh, He's clearly not going to take the microphone and, and the platform in any any future time. In the foreseeable, but he'll tweet about some some nonsense, but yeah. he won't step to the podium so that he can get called out because he know he will get called out. He ain't gonna have nothing to say. But President Obama didn't take to the public today and had a press conference. He's the president right now. He is the president. My president is four black. more years, eight more years. 
Shit, I'll make that do. You know, I was rolling down the 880 the other day and that song came on and I, who is it by? I think it, I don't even want to say. Is it Gucci Mane? I don't know. I have no context. (laughs) My president is black and my Lambo's blue. Who sings that song? Oh, I don't know. That sounds cool. I'm going to look it up though. Okay. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, so what did President anyway, Obama talk about? So, there? President Obama talked about a number of issues, and he did talk about Syria. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to get on is, and this is, and I think it's it's part of the way in which, like, I think media creates sound bites, and one of the sound bites that they took from the comments that he made about Syria and the ongoing work and the challenges that it, that it has been in acknowledging all those lives that have been lost and perhaps the U.S.'s involvement or lack there of involvement um, is because of the complications. And the essence of what he was said is basically that uh, America would have had to been, you know, to use a, a poker quote that, that my poker playing friends cannot stand, which is all in. Uh, they can't stand it. Anyway, that the America would have had to make a, make a full commitment um, to to addressing that conflict and not being in a position to be able to do so. However, the soundbite that really kind of just rubbed me the wrong way was that something about that that engaging in Syria wouldn't have been cheap, and I think the word cheap just was just not appropriate. I, I don't know. I think you need to say more about it, that. The word cheap in the context of 400,000 people having lost their lives, countless numbers of refugees that are being I, turned away from different countries, No people saying openly, I don't want them, I don't want them, I don't want them. A young boy had to wash, wash upon shore being dead. Um, numbers of months ago for the news to cover any amount of, of the conflict and the issue that the refugees were having. Another young child had to be shown in, in, in a traumatized state post, you know, being covered in rubble and having like severe injuries for people to actually turn and look. And so to use the word cheap in the context of how much has happened and how much la- the lack of attention, I think that has been given to the humanitarian crisis to me is just problematic because it's con it, it, it doesn't, I think show a true sentiment of humanism towards those individuals and towards the the things that they're struggling with. So I know that that's not what he meant, but I would say that because of, because it was taken out of context in a soundbite, it just doesn't sound good. I don't know. I don't have the same reaction. Um, like I mean, I hear everything that you said. I think is valid, but I don't know that it connects with the the word cheap with him talking about it. I think that. When he says something like that, he's trying to use a vernacular that the American people will be able to latch on to. And I think that when we, you know, there's something about, and this comes back to that whole civic responsibility piece. He can't do stuff just because he wants to do it, even though Trump thinks he can, you know. And Oh, wait, I heard a, I'm going to start calling him Chump because I was in an Uber with an older African-American gentleman and we were talking about him, and he just—he was smooth calling him Chump the whole time. <laughs> he didn't like give—he didn't give an explanation like, for it. Uh, it's just like something that he, and it was just like I that is so. Chump? Yeah, it was like I was like, yo, that is so smart. You know, elders sometimes they'll just like throw like, and you know, he's just yeah, he's a he's a chump. He's a chump, you know. So anyway, so Chump was like, um, he'll think that he can just unilaterally do all this stuff, but you know, Obama understands he can't. And the sentiment in the United States is that we're not going to go and put troops on the ground anywhere because we've been at war consistently for mm-hmm. like, what, over 15 years? Mm-hmm. 16 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 16 years now because it was two, 2000. Well, well, yeah. A lot. I don't know when we started, like the exact date when we went into um, into uh, into Afghanistan, but it wasn't very, I don't think, I think it might have been already um, in 2001 before like it was 2002 that we start. But anyway, um so, I mean, when he's saying this piece about being on the cheap, he's trying to, like, make a point about, like, folks need to understand that we can't just, like, it's not, it's, it's like the 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 pin, you know, the, the, the safety pin and all that stuff and clicking on moveon.org and all that stuff. It's like, it's not easy. You can't just do this with a point and click. You can't just do this with, like, a solidarity ribbon. Like, it means that if you really care about the lives of these people, then we have to put our lives on the line and our well-being on the line in the, in the, in the form of our 
our, our service members and in the form of the families of our service members. And so when we talk about this stuff, it's like a real conversation. It's a real adult conversation. And Americans, I think right now, we don't like adult conversations. We want to pretend like we can, you know, just care about something and it's going to fix it. I think that Americans can hear that in its full. And, in, and I think that listeners across the globe can hear that. And they might disagree or have different perspectives on it. And I think that they can hear that and engage in that conversation without the use of the word cheap to bring the conversation to a place that perhaps might. I think it's the way I heard you say it. it, There's almost like this assumption that that folks need uh, a simplifying. And Donald Trump is the president elect of the United States. Please finish your sentence. Donald Trump is the president-elect of the United States of America. And all the ways that you can that you can simplify the conversation about the really beyond, and even the word investment, right? Because that hints at money, right? It's it's the, a commitment and a sacrifice to engage in global conflict. And I think that there can be some other words, and we're getting at semantics, but words are really, really powerful. And I just don't think that cheap was the right word. I don't know. I, I feel like he's, I mean, what we're really talking about and dancing around is sending our people over there to kill other people. So I don't know if this is like, I, I just don't know if like language, um, language sensitivity is really the thing right now. I think because if we go over there, if he does, if he goes to save all those people, if we if we send our citizens to to Syria, we're talking about a multi-front war with insurgents and I mean like basically I mean it's more Vietnam than like Iraq was so I mean I I I hear you I do hear you and I understand the importance of language um and I could even I could empathize but I I just think that like you know we're really not talking in true terms about it at all like if we go in there because like straight up if we go in there civilians are going to die from us too and probably already have so I mean that happens too. So we're talking about war. It's nasty and ugly, and I don't know that it needs to be wrapped up in any kind of nice bow. All right. Well, would love to hear what other people have to say. Yeah. I could so be wrong. I get at wrong. us on, on our various channels on Twitter, yeah. at Naming It Podcast, yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. We might even, I think, uh, I'm. Uh, we were talking about getting this little uh, uh, voicemail together mm-hmm. so we work that out uh and I, I hear you i'm not i hope i'm not i'm i i just i disagree but i understand where you're coming from okay you cutting she's cutting me with her eyes right now y'all. <laughs> just to let you know she's saying okay i don't know how it how we can we can we can we can we can disagree i think the word is really I don't, powerful. I don't think that we can disagree right now you like i'm i'm feeling i feel like literally um, stabbed right now lamisha is stabbing me with her eyes we can disagree <laughs> now she's making now she's making cutthroat like like she just cut across her throat she's saying that she's gonna take me out y'all yo if something happened to me it was Lamisha yo don't even put that in the atmosphere <laughs> I'm just playing guys we know in other news Trump allying with Putin <laughs> I love how you just put yes yes that's it naming it from now on we're naming him Chump this is gonna be tough hmm we had a whole conversation about names and the importance of names, and and I do think that as much that, that as I have given people, um, and I felt a certain type of way about people referring to President Obama as Obama, um, and perhaps as it, Obama, yeah, just like people in like professional spaces that like you are just like calling him Obama as opposed to like referring to him as President Obama, like uh, this is gonna be tough. I don't know. I, I, I can't do the false. I, I feel like, I feel like it's a false equivalency. You think so? Absolutely. Like because people were trying to delegitimize a legitimate, like a real legitimate leader, a person who who earned that position, a person who is respectable, a person who was like spending all of his time trying to bring our country together, versus a bigot, versus a guy who's not qualified for the position at all. Right. Like literally, I saw a. a it was on, I actually put it on Facebook. Um, um, Ta-Nehisi Coates, mm-hmm. he basically uh, broke it down. He was like, if you want to understand white privilege, 
then you got to understand that the first black president had to be a leader in in this community. He had to uh, be go to the most prestigious schools. He had to be the president of the law review at Harvard. He had to like be uh, uh, have a long uh, a standing record of legislative like uh, experience. He had to do all these things like mm-hmm. to become the president of the United States. All these excellent things, right? Black excellence, full, fully realized. For, coming from nothing, right? Coming from being like a halfway orphan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like single parent home. Dad is in Kenya. Doesn't even like know him at first. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Raised by his grandma. Like a real shrewd. Like, and people like like to talk about this. Like he was raised by white people. But like this idea of being raised by extended family. I mean, like this is like a real talk African-American reality. You know what I'm saying? Like African folk get raised by all, mm-hmm. all the folk in the community. So he had to go through all that. Started from the bottom. Now he's there. He could really say it. Unlike Drake. Degrassi hot. Anyway. Um. And Trump just had to be white and rich and male. I'm not disagreeing with you on those things. I'm just expressing that I have not sorted through my personal perspectives around names and how to refer to this person. And I'm still sorting through that. I got a bunch of names for him. <laughs> so, so it takes us into you. You you found this really interesting um piece that was publicized in the news about a supporter, Trump supporter, who punched a protester in the face back in March at a rally and has now, since now, recently upst. Yeah. I mean, you've seen it. I mean, everyone must must have seen this by now. It's like this this older white man, I was going to say gentleman, but gentlemen don't do what he did, um, as this black male supporter was being, like, uh, escorted out of... Um, the stadium, he uh, he just walks over and punches him, punches him twice, I think, and then he like on the news le- later threatens his life. Mm. Um, and so he was arrested, which is uncommon for mm-hmm. for these interactions and the Trump mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he just recently was given like a year or something like that of unsupervised probation. Mm-hmm. And there's like this scene of the there's a video of it. Where he, uh, he basically says like a really kind of condescending. We're in this political world. We have to like solve this together. He's talking to the guy he punched, mm. and the guy he punched like it was funny because sometimes you need a cultural insider moment. Like I think I don't know if everyone saw what I saw because when I saw it, um, the brother like had this look of exasperation on his face. Like I know the press is here. I'm not going to embarrass my family. I don't believe you. I think you're full of crap. Um, mm. What you're saying is nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I, I've now come to the point where I look at you like someone to pity. So therefore, I'm going to pat you on the shoulder and shake your hand and get you the heck out of my life. Which is what a lot of black folks do. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of people of color. And, yeah. and it's like this tolerating of nonsense. And sitting through other folks working through either their lack of cultural humility and awareness or or their learning moments. And I experienced this recently when I went to San Jose and I had this, I'm just going to say this is not part of the show, but I think it's just so much, I'm just inspired to, to share. But I was talking to this man and it was a very complicated interaction because, you know, it was just complicated. And I think that oftentimes, and, I, and I'm just going to say that it's complicated. And what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to talk up this person's positive qualities and then insert where mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. stepped wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to insert where they stepped wrong. And we're having this conversation. And the man literally says to me, and I and I refer to myself as being African-American. And this white man says to me, oh, I, I disagree with the term African-American. And, and, you know, I have, you know, mixed race children and I, and I prefer the term black, something, some, something. And I wanted to be... Who the fuck are you to tell me how how I'm supposed to identify in this moment? And and it's this, these dynamics where you're like, I don't have to sit here and tolerate listening to you anymore. Actually, I'm going to excuse myself from these conversations. But as you're saying, and I'm just going to take it back to the the individual who got punched in the face, sitting there letting this person apologize to him. Yeah, like he was doing yeah. this for his for his family and and just kind of being a bigger person and all that. And that's what we're that 
in a lot of ways were socialized to do those things in a lot of different places and a lot of different spaces. And I would like to encourage folks when you find yourselves in those situations to really think a little bit more carefully and closely. Like we don't have to just go with the status quo response of being right. polite. We don't have to be respectful. We don't have, exactly. Right. And you know, I don't have to sit there and listen anymore. Absolutely. I mean, like he, um, I mean, it's funny because I want to go into like this whole thing about, well, you know, actually race is, he basically did what race is, right? White people got to define everybody else, right? So they said, we're white and white is better. White is bright. Bright is wonderful. And everybody else, who the farther you get away from being white, the worse you are. And so we're going to make up this taxonomy and we're going to turn everybody into these races. It's completely bull, right? It mm-hmm. has no true, like like scientific founding. It's not genetically correct. It's really just about like some phenotypical traits that some, some physical traits that some enlightenment area, white or enlightenment area, white area. Why I keep saying area era mm-hmm. E R a. Yeah. Um, folks basically came up with a taxonomy because they, they were all happy about Darwin and they thought that they could work for people, except for they were completely undermining or, completely misreading Darwin because he was talking about species and black and race is not species differentiation. It's not speciation. It's yeah, uh, they're so dumb. Uh, okay. So this guy who was talking to you mm-hmm. uh, was basically being whiteness. He was the voice of whiteness to you, um, which is amazing to, to, to actually have someone come out and be that. And the fact that you just excused yourself, I would say, actually, you're still being a little bit respectable. Because uh, you could have been like, you I know said, what? Fuck you. And anyway, let me ex- stop. Exactly. Because I could have just cursed him out right then. Yes. Rather than go off and be angry and, and proceed to just curse. Yes. Which is what I did. Yes. And I'm still cursing about it because I think it's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening, I'm naming it. Yeah. <laughs> we just dropped a bunch of F-bombs. <laughs> I feel a little uncomfortable, but we're going to go ahead and leave that because sometimes you got to feel that way. Hey. You know? I mean, that's just real. I mean, like, seriously. But we, it, it flows into, you know, what, we're t- what, we, what part of our Real Talk conversation, which is related to this piece around reconciliation, whether it's forgiveness or understanding, healing and growth, and having sort of iterations around similar experiences. And I always compare life to being like a spiral staircase and you're going to come around a similar experience again and again and again. But with insight, you should elevate up in that staircase. And that insight gives you an opportunity to perhaps practice a different tool, use a different interaction strategy, make a different decision or choice, or just think and feel differently about what's going on. Right. But we come around the same stuff over and over and over again. I always thought life was like a box of chocolates. Mm -hmm. You never know what you get. Look, it, it's it's very predictable. You're gonna get some similar things. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Especially if Boys you gum. if you have certain experiences, Boys you're gonna get some similar stuff. How you gonna handle it next time? Now, no, well. you're right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I wasn't trying to undermine. It I know. Came it's my so, head. It, it was that's so, how it goes. I know. It's funny. I know. I like for I like Bubba. Mm. You know. Okay. Mm. Uh, I like shrimp. Uh, so, yeah, I think that. I think you're right. I think that, like, you know, it's about developing and figuring out where we're going to, how we're going to deal with it. I mean, it's like the racial identity stuff. How are you mm-hmm. going to deal with encounter experiences? Exactly. Um, so, you know, the encounter experience that I think that I've been dealing with over the last couple of days uh, that we've all been dealing with for a while now, off and on as the news brings it back up or for the folks who are involved in it, like, I mean, you can't turn it off, I'm sure. Mm. Um is what's going on with Dylan Roof mm. and uh, how he's been treated post-killing nine people in, in a church in Charleston, mm-hmm. South Carolina. Um, so he's recently, as of yesterday, actually, been found guilty of murder. Um, I don't know which degree, but he's basically, it must be first degree. It's mer- first degree murder premeditation because he, they're now looking at whether they're going to, the jury is actually in deliberation as we speak mm-hmm. about whether they're going to give him the death penalty or not. Right. Um, and 33 federal charges. And yeah. I believe nine additional state specific charges. Right. So, I mean, um, and he's conf- he, he, he tried to confess or he tried to like. He did confess. Yeah, he confessed and. Uh, yeah, so, he, you know, this has been on the news. It's kind of like coming back out for folks and, you know, with the 
slow, whatever, short attention span. Some people might have forgot that this dude had done that, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the front of their mind. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the, the, the family and the friends of the victims, um, I'm sure they've been thinking about it nonstop the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason I bring it up is because, like, as we move into our Real Talk se- segment. Real Talk? Um, I think that we might kind of talk about what it means to look for revenge. You know, and this kind of connects to what we were talking about before about Castro and him passing away and people celebrating mm-hmm. who has freedom to do what. But in this case, I mean, what does it mean to wish death upon somebody? Mm-hmm. You know, like, do should we really be going for it? Like, should we be supporting a death penalty, especially someone who's who calls himself a social justice activist? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was looking at the news and just to, like, give us a little frame um, the U.S. News talked about how Wade Henderson, president of, and chief executive of Leadership Conference in, on Civil and Human Rights, believes that the federal government should should have accepted Roof's offer to plead guilty in exchange for a life sentence. Mm. But in contrast, on Fox6Now.com, uh, uh, Malcolm Graham, whose sister Cynthia Hurd uh, was one of the nine people fatally shot by Roof during a Bible study class um, at the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church on uh, June 2015, told uh, CNN's Carol Castello um, that for him, the appropriate sentence um, in this case was crystal clear. Um, the quote is, if there if there's any case in America where the death penalty is deserved, it's this one. Um, mm-hmm. The crime was premeditated and it was calculated. Mm-hmm. And um, I was also kind of searching as we talked about, as, as we presented this topic about what do, what are people's different perspectives on the death penalty. And one of my favorite political minds, uh, Ben, Ben Jealous, who uh, was the former president of the NAACP uh, and is now part of the KPOR Center for Social Impact and uh, does a lot of other political um, ventures in Baltimore. He tweeted out and said that Roof should get life without parole, no death penalty, and says an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, which is a reference to a quote um, by Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I mean, I think he I I, I think I'm 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 with Ben, Ben jealous on that um, in terms of I just don't. I. I've, you know, in my in my personal life, I've been like a a, a staunch um, anti execution person, you know, anti death penalty person, and I wonder about the the urge to suddenly flip on that because this person did a horrendous crime to people mm-hmm. that I identify with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see. Uh, I don't understand exactly how that's supposed to make anything better. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, what does it mean for us to take the life of another person? Mm-hmm. And is it somehow equivocating them taking a life? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? I think that it's complicated. And when I think about in in the context of 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 non-lethal physical or emotional harm... You know, if I would just think about it interpersonally, it's like if somebody hurts me, do I want to go and hurt them back? Um, is that going to make me feel better? And mm-hmm. for me, the answer is no. Right. We, I don't know if you've ever um, had an interaction with a friend or something and they're like, oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry about that. Just punch me. Right. Or just hit me back. And it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to hit you, dude. Like, you know, or um, person. I, you know, it's, I think. <laughs> <laughs> do that. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, and I think we've talked about anger before, right? So, mm-hmm. like, if we can just, like, you know, backtrack to that. Um, anger, the way I understand it, is a matter of the, the the discomfort that comes from the dissonance of someone making the world not work the way it's supposed to work, right? And someone or something. So, you can get angry at... Um, stubbing your toe mm-hmm. and depending on where you attribute that you can either get angry at the table for being in the way as though the table made itself be in the way or you can get angry at yourself 
for not paying attention or you can get angry at somebody for distracting you for while you, mm-hmm. you know, but you, it's all about this idea that something is out of sorts and trying to put it back right is usually the way that anger mm-hmm. gets dealt with. The problem is, is that when someone does an atrocity, when someone snatches the lives of good people, mm-hmm. how do you get that back? Mm-hmm. You know, it does. I mean, like, really, like, how do you ever get that back? Can can you get that back? Right. I mean, absolutely really absolutely that. not and and does knowing and i think it's like in the in the justice system in certain dynamics it's like this thought that maybe somebody is not at liberty to harm somebody else mm-hmm. um might provide a sense of comfort but does ending someone's life provide comfort right i mean does revenge actually work mm-hmm. you know does does hurting someone for hurting you actually bring solace? And and I and and as a psychologist, I got to say I don't believe that it does. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, it, there there might be an illusion of that, and you might be able to make yourself believe that. But in general, like if someone, if when we mourn people, when someone passes away, whether it's by natural causes or by completely unnatural causes, what we're mourning is our loss. You know, we're mourning yes. our loss of them, not. Whatever's happening to them, because depending on what you believe, it might be even better for them to, you know, they might be in heaven or, Mm -hmm. you know, Valhalla or wherever, you know, Mm -hmm. or they might just no longer be experiencing the pain of the world. You know, Mm -hmm. they could be in Nirvana or however you want to look at it. But for us, we have to be here without them. Right. And people fill really important spaces in our lives and it feels horrible to lose someone, you know, Mm -hmm. and I could think about like, you know, somebody who was close to me was to pass how horribly angry I would be, you know, and how I would lash out based on that anger. But is that lashing out at a person any different than lashing out and punching a wall or something? Do you know? Right. I I hear you. I think it's complicated. Um, But I think at the core, ending another life does not, um, is not a, oh, like the balance sheet, you know, that does not create balance. Right. It just, it's just another negative. Right. Right? I mean, we talk about math, right? So you take away one, that's, you, you know, one minus one equals zero. Zero mm-hmm. minus one equals negative one. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that right? It is. Okay. We need our math friends to help yeah. us. Um, but, like, it's just... But yeah. you, you, you put up a concept called radical forgiveness. And do you want to say a little bit about that? Um, yeah, I put, <laughs> I put that on our notes. I don't think I brought it up yet. Um, so here's the thing. When we talk about this anger and this balance sheet and all this other stuff, um, one of the things that's come up, uh, from a clinical perspective, and honestly, it's not like a clinical thing. I mean, forgiveness is a virtue, right? It's something that culturally has been pushed forward in many, many cultures Mm -hmm. for a long time as a way to kind of deal with life, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you're a Christian or you're any kind of, uh, Judeo, uh, you know, Abrahamic religion, then forgiveness is one of the highest uh, virtues you can have. Mm-hmm. It's not so in every in every belief system. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's about people um, having to be contrite and to 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 pay for their stuff. So, like, if you come from certain cultures, you know, you might have to kill yourself in order to to assuage honor problems, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, there's there's, there's, there's a lot of ways that people have figured out to kind of balance things out. Uh-huh. But um, from, when, when I talk about radical forgiveness, it's uh, it's really a psychological concept. It's a, it's, a, it's a strategy for helping to reduce your own pain. Um, and what would that look like in, in a therapeutic space? So, I mean, like, you know, you... you I like to think about it. I, I think one of the, the, the most accessible ways to think about it is in relationships. Mm. Um, what happens if your heart's broken? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens if you break up with someone and they just go after you and do really mm-hmm. nasty emotional damage? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they figured out those things that are the, the, the weaknesses in your armor and they exploit them and they say the horrible things that people sometimes say to each other and just break you down. Mm-hmm. And so you heal yourself from that, but then you're still angry at them. Uh, the problem is, and you can tell this to your your sixty year old person or your five year old kid, you know, and the 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 idea that 
your anger, it's not effective hmm. to any other people. You know, like, your anger is an internal thing. Until you turn it externally and, like, you put it into something. But you sitting on the energy and the dissonance and the negative feelings and just that nasty tightness, mm-hmm. you know, that might be in your chest or wherever you hold it. Like, mm-hmm. um, people don't feel that for you. You know, you're, we're, not empath- we're not empathetic where we're forced to feel somebody else's stuff. So you can be you could be sitting across from me right now, Amisha, and be, like, completely incensed with me. And I don't have to experience that at all. Right. There's no cost to me. Right. So the self-focused behavior, as you described, can be both in the context of anger and also in the space of healing. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I think I think it's a, a matter of um, understanding that we live in a world of objects. You know, like we perceive all of the stuff around us while people are really important and people are really people we have a hard time making that full connection all the time. Uh, and when we're angry, we don't make that connection at all. We put an object, we, we, we put an image on whatever we're looking at, and then we live in that, you know? Right. And I would say that in anger, it actually um, creates challenges in activating certain parts of your brain and accessing certain parts of your brain to have more of a complete cognitive picture. Yeah, I mean, depending on, like, how... The level of the anger can actually... Like, the urgency, like, whether you're Mm -hmm. angry and you also have... You're also activated, because you can be angry and not activated, That's true, yeah. So, depending Um, on how activated you are, yes, aspects of your brain can be harder to to get to. Yeah, and so, just to pause for a second, like, I'm not... Don't don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anger isn't useful Mm -hmm. and that people shouldn't be angry. I am... I am so angry so much, so often... Um, and I appreciate you for saying that because yeah. in so many spaces, particularly as people of color, and I would say particularly as a black woman in the world and the the stereotype of, of like the angry black woman, that folks are constantly trying to like navigate this like misconception and the stereotype of being angry mm-hmm. and, and having uh, a natural emotion that in, and then in many cultures. And I think that for me is actually somewhat productive. Yeah, it can can be productive. And if you know and if you're in touch with an emotion that that creates a productive space for you and being told that that emotion is wrong or not useful or not welcomed uh, is very kind of I I think it's I think it's uh, stripping in your spirit. Yeah, stifling, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's, um, oppressive. Yes, it's oppressive. Absolutely. The thing about radical forgiveness is that it's not for anger that can be operative. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not for anger where you can take that anger and you can do something with it. It's for anger that can't be operated on. It's it's not it's it's for anger that is towards something that you can't change. Mm. So if you're angry about an injury that you can't that you know you lost a limb and you can't do anything, you can't get a new limb, you mm-hmm. know, or maybe you can get a new prosthetic, but it's not yours. It's not you in the way that you want it to be, maybe. Um, or you broke up with someone and they're never going to be with you again. And maybe you'll never get to talk to him again. So the things that you wanted to say mm-hmm. that would have righted everything in your mind, it'll never be said to them. They'll never hear it. Right. Maybe they died. You know, maybe your your anger is around grief and like unfinished mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different ways where anger is just not ever going to lead to anything productive. Mm-hmm. And in that case, you have to start asking yourself a question. Is it worth it to feel this crappy? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's where radical forgiveness kind of comes in. Um, now, another piece is I'm not saying that we need to do this for Dylan Roof. What I'm saying is, is that it's a concept like how much are we willing to lose ourselves? How much are we willing to hurt ourselves? How much are we willing to undermine our own character mm-hmm. in order to gain revenge on this person? That's great. Yeah. So that's. I guess that's my rant right there. Cause I, I, you know, and it's not like definitive. I don't know whether he needs or deserves. I, I mean, I guess I, part of me, there's an underlying piece of me that does believe, yeah, he deserves whatever he gets. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that society needs to listen to that part of me. That's a great point. And I think that using that experience and, and of Dylan Roof, um, offering respect to those families in South Carolina and a nation who's really in mourning um, because of the, again, the circular experience of right. black life in those spaces that and being targeted 
in those spaces, um, in, in, in spiritual, religious, in church spaces that, that are supposed to be sanctuaries and safe spaces, mm-hmm. um, and those being violated, um, it's, it's deeply historical and very, very intentional. But I think that what we have tried to do in this conversation is use that as a springboard to talk about some of the other issues around, is there room for addressing holding or doing something with those perhaps unresolvable feelings such as anger yeah and could forgiveness be part of that yeah um it's hard you know and there's a whole nother conversation that we could have a complete and a full complete conversation we kind of got into at one point in another episode about the kind of forgiveness that is you know flouted or not flouted isn't the right word um it it, it's expected of us in some weird cultural way, right? Yes. The same way as this guy who's like semi-forgiving this Donald Trump supporter, right? That we're going to be the bigger people and mm-hmm. we're going to be we're going to go high when they go low and stuff like that. And you know what? Sometimes that gets that gets tired. I feel you. I you know yo I bow down to Michelle Obama. You know that's the queen of the country as far as I'm concerned. I agree. That's the best thing to do. Right. And sometimes you don't I just have to go you, low. The next first next time somebody comes up in your face talking crazy, you don't have to sit there and listen out of politeness oh. or say something polite in response to them just to be appeasing or right. agreeable. Right. Or respectable. Exactly. Yeah. And we can go high and still cut a fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and set a boundary with people. Yeah. Yeah, like when Misha said, set a boundary or, you know, cut a fool. <laughs> well, I think that might take us to the self-care tip of the day. Yeah, Which has nothing to do with cutting. A fool. But everything to do with. Healing. Yes. Yeah. So our self-care tip of the week is the power of forgiveness. Hmm. Dr. Stephen Sandage, author of Forgiveness and Spirituality and Psychotherapy, defines forgiveness as a transformation and motivation towards an offender following an interpersonal offense. Using both empathy-based and ego-humility models of forgiveness, a forgiveness transformation is conceptualized as a decreased motivation to retaliate or remain angry. Holding on to that anger can take an emotional and physical toll. Sometimes letting go is more about you, your health, and your happiness. Sometimes you got to be about you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's the, that, that is like the, the center of it all, right? Like, do we need to suffer for other people's nonsense? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one to say no. You know, the goal sometimes isn't to love someone or to hate someone. Sometimes it's about not giving an F anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's your power. Yeah. that's And the way you don't you, have to give it away. Yeah, you just heal yourself, you know? Beautiful. Um, good good one. Nice. So that's nice, Dr. Hill. episode 20 of Naming It. Episode 20. Semester final exam. <laughs> this No, it's a... Semester finale? Project uh, finale? I don't know. <laughs> Do y'all feel like it's finale? Do y'all feel... No, it ain't over. Is it final with an alley on it? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that extra flourish? Um, well, next time on Naming It, we will be in oh, a yeah. new year. It'll be 2017. Uh, hopefully 2017 will be better than 2016. I don't know, though, because Trump will still be there. Chump. Well, regardless, we're going to make it do what it do. We're going to be with you in that. You know what I'm saying? So we all going to be in this together. We're going to be all right. We're going to stick our pinky fingers in the air. And move. What y'all going to do? Mobilize. Yes. Um, I ain't going to that inauguration, though. Oh hell no! We should. It should be a blackout. Uh, Nobody to, should go. We should have like a. Big... Nobody should turn it on TV. There should be an alternate event. I want to have and a party. Protest. A party. A protest. Oh, something it's like, else. But it's like one of those like like Louisiana, New Orleans, like like you know second line second party. Line? You know oh. what I'm saying? Like we should like have a second line party for the Ob- yo. Hey, seriously, folks. You okay, I got call an idea. Up some people. No, I'm just saying across the country. Anyone who's listening to me, I'm just saying this. Start the idea. We need to do a second line for the Obama presidency. You know what I'm saying? I know that y'all are feeling bad about it, but it's going to end, and we should just celebrate the hell out of the fact that it was there at all. That's what I'm talking about. We need to get a band. 
yeah, I'm gonna try to put in. I'm gonna put some music. Like, listen to this music as we go out before we go out. All right, yeah. Some All Louisiana right. hot sauce for you. <laughs> yeah. That crystals. Okay. Okay. What y'all know about that? I don't know anything about that. Uh, I don't think so. I had some alligator or the one time. It wasn't very good. Uh, it tastes uh, like chicken. It didn't. It, it didn't. People say that it, it tastes like it has fried on the outside, but it didn't taste like chicken. Mm. It was very greasy. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, well. So yeah. That takes us. That's a wrap. It's almost a wrap. Next year, did, we didn't say where we're going to be at. Oh. Our, our for episode twenty one, we are going to do from the National Multicultural Summiting Conference, in which is going to be held in Portland, Oregon. PDX. Uh, PDX. We're going back to the to to the to the land of the ducks. To the to, roots. Uh, to in fact that, that might have been where I met you the very first time. Did we ever meet? Jennifer? I think we did. I, don't think, I we think we met. did. I think we did. Because like okay, so Cynthia, Cynthia. Um, wow, why am I having a hard time with Cynthia's last name? Medina. Medina. Thank you, Doctor Cynthia Medina. Doctor Cynthia Medina, who is the homie, homie, and it, so she knows she ain't mad at me. Um, she, you were, cause she was, she came out before you and she introduced me. So ask, answer me this. Did you, um, volunteer at, at the, at the conference at one point, what helping conference? to check people into the national multicultural summit? I have never volunteered for nothing. No. no. Oh, okay. Maybe it was another one of her people. No. One uh, me. Okay. Did you ever go? No, I'm not a conference person. You've never been to the, I've only went to one APA conference in Denver. That's all I can remember. Okay. Completely different person then. I don't think I went. I'm pretty sure it wasn't me. I Although thought... I have spotty memory. You know, it's that trauma. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I get well, spotty memory in them days, so. Well, anyway, we're going to be, we're going to be there. So it's a space full of psychologists. It's going to be, it's like our, our, our land. We're going to have a gang of buttons. We're going to have a gang of stuff. We're going to go and we're going to take over the conference and we're going to do an episode from one of our rooms and we're going to, um, <laughs> hopefully it'll be a party. Yeah. And we'll have, we, we might be able to get some world renowned psychologists to just off a cuff, just come and hang with us. Yes. So Drop look out for that. Episode fun. 21. Yep. You know, that's going to come out probably the, the second week of, of, of January until then we're going to be, you know, doing a family thing and we expect y'all to be doing your family thing. So, but you know, you can always go back and listen to old naming it and like increase the numbers on this. You know what I'm saying? And we wish you a very happy holiday season. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you celebrate. Be yeah. safe. Yeah. And. So for details about topics mentioned in this episode, check out our website. Naming it dot dot no. <laughs> Check out our website at namingitpodcast.com or and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Naming It Podcast. And if you like what you heard, leave us a review. I know that Bedford has posted up that that video of how to do that. So check it out if you need some specific instructions. And if you want us to discuss any topics, have any ideas, send us a message or a tweet and we will try to incorporate you into this show. Yeah, or leave us a voicemail. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Lamisha, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Lamisha Hill. And um, I'm Dr. B.F. Palmer on Twitter at Dr. B.F. Palmer. And as always, a special, special thank you to Music on Naming It, provided by Lee England Jr., the soul violinist. I'm sure Lee's got some awesome holiday soul violinist jams. Check them out, y'all. Yeah, I'm trying to be at whatever concert he's playing at. I wish I could just find that, but it's probably way too expensive and cool for me. You should have the hookup. Uh, he gave us the music, y'all. Cool guy. I know. Real cool guy. Hey, Lee, come on the show. Hey, Lee, come on the show, bro. Come on the show. All right, y'all. So that's it for 2016. All right. Peace.